0: Hi, my name is Stephen Luna. I'm the lead pastor of MWC Church. We're so glad you chose to join us for this podcast. My prayer is that it would be a blessing in helping you grow closer to Jesus and help you grow in your faith. Enjoy this week's sermon. Hey, everybody, my name is Kenny. I'm the youth pastor here, and I'm honored to share with you all today, like always, what God has put on my heart. And um, Pastor Steve and Pastor Justin, they are at their families back in Chicago, the northern lands. Um, You know, I saw the Bears one, so I think. That, you know, they, them being close to the home, you know, might have something to do with that. I don't know. Um, but anyways, they, they send their regards to you guys. They wish you guys a happy Thanksgiving and hope you guys are having a good time. Uh, today we are, I'm excited because we're going to kick off our Christmas holiday series. And that is called Christmas Mixtape. How many of you have never seen one of those before? Have you, you guys know what that is? Um, I, I didn't know what a mixtape was until I Googled it. Um, I guess they played music. Uh, I'm kidding. I knew what a mixtape was. Um, but back in my day, we had the, the CD players. I used to love the CD players on the bus and whatnot. Um, but anyways, Christmas mixtape. Super excited about that. For the next four weeks, we'll be gathering uh, to remember the, the true meaning of Christmas. And we'll be looking at a mixture, a mixture, A mixture, right? Pretty creative, huh? Give it up for Chris Bazzi who came up with that idea. He's awesome. Yeah, great job. We'll be looking at a mixture of Christmas truths from a mixture of different stories with a mixture of different speakers. All right, you're like overboard. Let's get on with it already. Um, But Christmas mixtape, super excited. We'll be having a, a couple kind of different speakers, super pumped because my wife is going to be speaking along with Miss Brooke, uh, so, you know, not to, like, brag or anything, but it's going to be good. You don't want to miss it. Um, so today, we're going to take a look, closer look at one of my favorite Christmas topics, which is known as peace, as peace. Um, however, before we look at peace, um, I want to spend a moment presenting this question to you. Why is, okay, I'm not going to do that the whole time, why is peace these days so hard for us to obtain? Why is peace these days so hard for us to obtain? I personally believe that peace is so hard for us to obtain, and peace is becoming a rarity because there's an epidemic that's been sweeping across the nation. And this is an epidemic that's at an all-time high due to the culture that we live in. You see, we live in this culture that is full of information, right? We have the power of a smartphone. We have the power of the internet and social media, where we all have access to information and news that's coming in at such a rapid rate, informing us about the world's chaos, about the world's madness, leading us to this epidemic known as anxiety. Anxiety is a crippling fear. Oftentimes, it's connected to the unknowable, the uncontrollable. It's a fear of the future. It's a fear of what might happen, what could happen, or in most cases, what certainly will happen. And this is a fear that seems to be escalating. And all of the psychologists and doctors and and all the smart people that are writing these articles, they're, they're all telling us that the information age is only increasing this, right? And we all have added access to information. Therefore, there's added angst, there's added stress, there's added fear and worries. Without to mention, we're all so much aware of one another's struggles and challenges and difficulties. And equally, we're so much more aware of each other's successes and incredible achievements, and when we take our lives and then we, when we compare it to one another, oftentimes that will lead us to feeling less significant. So as much as we keep posting about all of our successes and achievements, oftentimes that only adds to this giant pool of pressure and fear and expectation, which will then lead us to, do I belong? Do I fit in? I don't have that style or... You know, I don't have that haircut, or I'm over that certain weight class, or, you know, I'm never going to measure up. I don't look like, or act like, or talk like, or, or think like, or am I seen, am I important, or am I enough? And all of these things seem to be escalating to an extent that seems somewhat out of our control. So I think today it's impossible to talk on the subject matter of peace without first addressing the issue of anxiety. And before we move any further, can we eliminate one thing that you might have convinced yourself if you're somebody walking in the midst of anxiety? Can we eliminate the, the shame that oftentimes is connected to anxiety? Because I want everybody to know that this place, MWC, this is a shame-free environment. We believe that shame has, has no place here at MWC. Shame is not going to do you any good. Shame is never gonna help you on your journey. And I in no way want anybody here who's, who's battling a genuine deci- anxiety disorder to feel shame as we talk about the general topic of anxiety that most of us experience. And speaking of shame, I personally believe that, that Jesus, when he died on the cross, I believe he dealt with shame, that your shame has been taken care of, that your shame has been nailed to the cross. I believe Jesus took our wrong, he took our guilt, he took our condemnation, and now, right now, did you know right now, this moment, now, there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ? And I completely believe that shame should, it may come and go, but it shouldn't ever reside within you because we are not condemned by Jesus? So turn with me to our first Christmas mixtape scripture. It's coming from Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 7. I love this verse, and it says this, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you, God, that your mercy is new every day and that you have given us this day. God, we thank you that you still speak to your people. So, God, we open up our hearts this morning to hear from you. God, we give you permission to move. We give you permission to speak to us. And, God, we pray that your supernatural peace would come and flood this place. We thank you and we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, do you prefer store-bought or homemade? What? Oh, my. Security? I'm kidding. Most of us, civilized Americans, um, can agree. I'm kidding. That was kind of a joke. But we can agree on one thing, and that is that Homemade is just better, right? It's the American way. There is just something awesome and amazing about homemade noodles, homemade bread, homemade cookies, homemade meals. As you can tell, I'm right in the high of Thanksgiving still. Homemade meals that are just wonderful, right? One of my favorite memories of Christmas time was when I was still in the years of believing, you know, believing in SC. And it was tradition at the Bates household each year for my brother and I to help my mother bake homemade sugar cookies for the fat man who comes down the chimney, you know. It was always one of my favorite things, mainly because, you know, we'd get to eat a lot of cookies at night and, you know, it wasn't normal. Um, But we would leave the other half of the cookies for Santa. Well, there was this one year where we were really late to the game. I I believe we had a family gathering on Christmas Eve. We got home really late. And long story short, when we got home, my mother told my brother and I that we were to use this year the store-bought cookie dough that was strategically placed in the fridge. Well, this didn't settle well with my brother and I. And we were very upset and frustrated and thought that these cookies are going to be trash. Therefore, our gifts are going to be trash. Therefore, our Christmas is going to be trash. Therefore, our entire lives are going to be trash. No, I'm not that dramatic. Um, One thing I remember very clearly this year, though, was not only how frustrated my brother and I were, but how frustrated, randomly frustrated, my father was. And at the time, it didn't make sense to me because he never really helped out in, in baking the homemade cookies. But when it came time this year to make the usual homemade sugar cookies, my dad all of a sudden, very oddly was passionate about having the homemade sugar cookies. Now, for several years, I didn't think much of that, right? I was like, "Oh, my dad, you know, he just likes his cookies." Well. I never thought about, like, why, why my dad felt like he had a voice in the matter, you know? Um, however, back then, or right now, thinking back on it, it all makes sense now. Um, not to ruin anybody's Christmas. Um, now, you might be saying, like, what, what on earth does this have to do with, with peace? And the answer to that is nothing. Let's close and let's pray. The pastors are gone, right? So let's do this. Father God, kidding, kidding. That's a joke. Um, So, (laughs) you wish. (laughs) Um, There's something special, though, right? There's something special about homemade. There's something special about homemade. There's something that's unique. There's something that's different than store-bought. I think we can all agree with that. I believe the emotion known as peace is actually quite similar it's actually quite similar to the comparison of a homemade cookie and a store-bought cookie. You see, the first kind of peace is a peace that you and I are, are very familiar with. This peace is merely based upon external circumstances. External circumstances that can be found in things or situations. You know the peace that you have after a long day of work and you get home? That's a great feeling. Or what about the peace that you have when your kid or your kids are gone at a friend's house for the weekend? Or what about the peace that you have when you're at the movies with your girlfriend and all, th- all, all seems right in the world? Um, when you find yourself in your happy place, you know the peace you have when life just seems good. There's that kind of peace, probably the peace that you and I are more familiar with. However, this portion of scripture we just read Believe it or not, it's actually referring to a different kind of peace. In Philippians 4.7, we're being told by Paul through God that when we just talk to God, we'll be granted peace. But not just your average external peace. You see, you and I were very familiar with the standard run-of-the-mill, feel-good peace. We're very familiar with the ordinary peace. We're very familiar with the peace that comes from positive situations and circumstances. A good grade on the math test, a tropical beach vacation, a new Instagram follower. All of these things are wonderful things that we should enjoy. But the book of Philippians, believe it or not, it's actually speaking of a higher kind of peace. It speaks of a transcendent kind of peace. This is the peace of God, the peace of God. So not just your circumstantial peace, not just when the the Kansas City Chiefs won a football game, but this is a peace of God, an encounter with the Prince of Peace. And I don't know a better time of year to remind everybody here today that this kind of peace is available to you today and every day. In the Christmas story in Luke chapter 2 verses 13 through 14, just after Jesus is born, there's this scene where there are these shepherds in the field, and then all of a sudden these shepherds are encountered by an angel of the Lord, and that angel of the Lord is there to tell them about the birth of Jesus. The scripture says, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, peace, among those with whom he is pleased. I don't know about you guys, but I'm very familiar with the external peace. I enjoy the temporal peace I receive from the moment I get home and kick off my shoes and lay on the couch. I love fluffy pillows just like you do. I love popcorn with a whole lot of butter and a great movie just like you do. But the only problem with that is that it just doesn't stick around when I need it the most. So, what I need is the peace of God. Now, notice verse six. I don't know about you, but when I read verse six, I find it as an absolutely absurd verse. It says, Don't be anxious for anything. What? For anything? It says, Don't be anxious. For anything. Like, could you imagine if you ran into me during the weekday and this is on a day where maybe you had a bad meeting with your boss or your spouse keeps harping on you for cleaning the dishes or could you imagine if I ran into you and I went up to you and said, man, you're having a bad day. God doesn't ever want you to be anxious. Not even for one nanosecond, God never wants you to be anxious, so cut the crap and straighten up, you know. Like that would not be, that would not be a good encounter for us, right? And but yet, Philippians four six, in which the Bible cannot lie, in which the Bible cannot exaggerate, nor, exaggerate, nor can it tell you to do something that God would not enable you to do. Yet the Bible says, "Be anxious for nothing. Don't be anxious for anything, for nothing." Not the big stuff, not the small stuff, not anything in between. Don't be anxious on your Mondays. Don't be anxious when the girl you like walks into the room. Don't be anxious, period. Now, when you read that, you've got to ask yourself how in the world is that even possible? Because there are people here today that battle anxiety, that battle stress on a daily basis. There are actual medical, internal chemical imbalances in a brain that can cause you at any moment, at any time to experience anxiety. Like, how is this even possible? And when you're like me, You try and put the scripture in its original context and maybe you're tempted like me to think, well, these Philippians, they didn't face the same stress or anxiety that we face today. You know, these Philippians, they didn't go through the problems or they didn't face the pain that that we're facing today. You see, I thought this, but after some research, it turns out these Philippians, they had their own set of challenges and difficulties that they too were facing You see, these Philippians, they were getting martyred for their faith. They were getting killed for just believing in Jesus. They were facing fierce levels of persecution because they refused to worship pagan gods. And not only that, but these Philippians, they were under the authority of Rome during the time. So they had Roman soldiers posted up at strategic locations all across their city, therefore causing even more anxiety for these Philippians. And yet they too... Are being told by scripture don't ever don't ever be anxious I don't know about you guys but when I read that I'm like man that's that's impossible well thankfully as most cases in the Bible it would be impossible if the scripture stopped verse 6 says be anxious for nothing don't be anxious about anything But in everything, but in everything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Listen, here's one of my favorite principles about the Bible. God's word will never command us to do something without empowering us with something first, right? The Bible will never command you to do something without empowering us with something, and that something is prayer. That something is prayer. So before we move any further and you start to tune me out because the pastor is bringing up the P word, please hear me. Prayer is the P P word. Prayer is something I believe that the church has misunderstood for a long time, and I can say that because I misunderstood it for a long time, Growing up, I had this understanding that prayer needed to be so structured, so proper, so passionate. I had this idea that prayer needed to, to be of like me locking myself in, in this dark room where I spent hours upon hours before I could leave and enter the real world. And I don't know what you think about prayer, or I don't know how you view prayer, or, or how you pray, or how you've been taught to pray, but can I tell you my deep theological viewpoint of what I think prayer really is? Prayer is nothing more than just talking to God. Prayer can even be considered as a form of putting God in the forefront of your mind. And I don't know about you, but prayer doesn't have to be a formula, Prayer doesn't have to be a bunch of magic words. Prayer doesn't have to be repeat after me's. Prayer is just simply talking and engaging with a God that is so ready to engage with you. And this is what I've experienced when I I found prayer in this way, is that when I simply talk to God, I grow closer to God. And when I'm closer to God, I capture the presence and person of God. Do you know why? Because it's a relationship. And part of what makes God who he is, part of the very character of God is that God is peace. You see, peace is not an exterior quality that God, God goes out and gives, gets and gives to you, right? God doesn't wave his magic wand and say, peace be with you, you know? Like, Peace is part of who God is. So believe it or not, when we just talk to God, God imparts his nature upon you because you've invited him to the table or you've let him into the room. And I don't know about you, but that's the kind of peace that I need in my life. So when you talk to God, you get more of God. And when you talk to God, you get closer to God. And when you get closer to God, you get closer to peace, to the supernatural peace of God. Be anxious for nothing. How? Well, in everything. By prayer, let your requests be made known to God. So, so in everything, like when do you pray? Anytime. Well, where do you pray? anywhere. Well, then what do you pray about? Everything. In everything, we can talk to God. Sometimes there's going to be days where everything's going great. Everything's dandy. Everything's peaches and cream. But guess what? You still have to talk to God. You talk to God for, for 15 seconds here or 10 minutes there or maybe an hour there or, you know, 20 minutes there or in everything. Talk to God. While other times you're gonna find yourself in this season of added stress where anxiety is knocking on your door, the enemy's trying to sink your battleship and you'll need to talk to God all day, all throughout the day. But with that comes such an extraordinary promise, the promise of an invitation to the person of Jesus dwelling among you, letting him into your situation And with the person of Jesus comes the prince of peace. So how do we make our requests known to God? Paul says through prayer, supplication, thanksgiving, three common ways to pray. But I think what the scripture is really saying here is that all you have to do is talk to God. Sometimes all you have to do is just simply tell him how your day is going Tell them what food you like. Tell them what makes you happy. Tell them what freaks you out. Tell them what makes you sad. And when you do this, when you just talk to God, when you do it anywhere, anytime, place, whenever you just simply talk to God, it will conquer. It will overwhelm the anxiety because now you have a mindset of Jesus, the Prince of Peace, and he is at the forefront of your mind. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, let your requests be made known to God. Has anyone ever wondered, why do we have to make our requests known to God if God already knows our requests? I thought this for a long time. Like if God knows what we need before we ask, then why do we need to ask? Like is God bending down in heaven, in heaven listening to my prayers going, whoa, I had no idea you needed that, Kenny. Michael, Gabriel, angels, come here. Kenny just requested a new Nintendo Switch for Christmas. (laughs) Wow. Like, is God ever surprised by our prayers? No. Nothing is news to God. Therefore, I think the scripture is actually telling us something else. Because if you know God, you know that God knows before you even ask. So I think the idea here is not the big aha, wow moment for God. Because if you know God, God God knows before you even ask. So as you talk to God, I don't necessarily think it's for God. I believe it's mainly for you. And hear me, don't get me wrong, God desires every moment to be with you. God desires every moment to to walk with you, to spend time with you, that that you would dwell among his presence, that that you would commune with him. So so hear me. But who is prayer really for? Prayer is one of the greatest gifts and tools for you. I don't believe God is in heaven going, thank me, Pastor Kenny finally prayed. Because I wasn't going to do anything in his life until he did. See, when we submit our requests to God, whenever anxiety comes upon us, we just need to start talking to God. Because when we make our requests known to God, it doesn't change God. It changes us. And whenever we submit our requests to God, the peace of God, the person of God will flood our souls and it will literally guard our heart and guard our mind. This is a form of communication. This is a form of relationship, but it's also a form of worship. And here's the problem the problem with anxiety, especially today, is that anxiety will drive you to worship the problem and only see the problem. That's what anxiety is and that's why it's so powerful. But prayer reminds you that there is a God in heaven that is in control. You see prayer changes our focus. It shifts our worship from the problem. It shifts our <clears throat> sorry, it shifts our focus from the anxiety to the prince of peace. The one who is seated on the throne. Notice the posture. God is not in the panic or pacing around, but Jesus is seated. Why? Because it's been finished. Jesus has won sin, death, anxiety. It's already been defeated. Thank you to the victory of the cross. Prayer reminds us to worship the prince of peace instead of to worship the problem. So you might be saying to yourself, okay, I get it, I've done that, I've tried that, but it's still just not that easy. You know, I've tried the whole prayer thing, I just don't know if it's for me. Uh, I still feel guilt, I still feel condemnation, I still feel anxious, I don't know if this Christian thing's for me. I don't know if I'll ever measure up. Well, if the band wants to come back up, you remember that verse we read earlier in Luke chapter two? Just after Jesus is born, there's this scene with the shepherds in the field and then all of a sudden, these shepherds are found in the presence of an angel of the Lord. And I want to read to you guys a couple of verses from that same passage, Luke 2, verses 8 through 14. It says, in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of God shone around them, and they were fill, filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people for unto you is born this day in the city of david a savior who is christ the lord and this will be a sign for you you'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloth and lying in the manger and suddenly and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising god and saying glory to god in the highest and on earth Peace among those with whom he is pleased. You see, I believe the key to overcoming anxiety is actually locked up and hidden at the end of this angelic heavenly praise. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased peace among those with whom he is pleased. Did you know that the entire Christmas story, the reason for the season, the very essence of why Christ came to dwell among his creation, did you know the very reason for it was to make you pleasing to God? Did you know Christmas goal number one was to make you pleasing To God. You see, when we believe by faith that Jesus is King, that He is the Prince of Peace, that He has taken care of our sin problem, the instant we believe that revelation, did you know that God is pleased with you? And when God becomes pleased with us, we are now the with whom He is pleased, this song is referring to. So don't be fooled this Christmas season as you read the Christmas story and and only see little baby Jesus wrapped snugly in cloth and lying in the manger. Don't be fooled to see six-pound, eight-ounce baby Jesus because that's not what this story is about. This is a story about a king coming to establish his kingdom and to grant you and me supernatural peace and to make you pleasing to God. See, Romans 14, verse 17 puts it beautifully. It says, for the kingdom, don't forget, this is a a story about a king coming to establish his kingdom. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating or drinking, a.k.a. the Christmas story is not a matter of the external. It's not about the cool things you acquire. It's not about what you can physically obtain. It's not a matter of eating or drinking. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating or drinking, but it it is of righteousness and peace and joy of the Holy Spirit. So in conclusion to overcoming anxiety this Christmas season, I believe, believe the key comes in the form of a greatest gift that you could ever obtain during this life. And that gift is called righteousness, which is nothing more than you're right with God. And it's nothing more than a free gift that you receive. You receive this gift simply based upon your ability to open up your heart And accept that Jesus is Messiah. That Jesus Christ is Savior. That he is the King. That he lived a perfect life because we couldn't. And when we believe that Jesus came as a baby and he lived for approximately 33 years performing miracles, performing healings. And he took the cross on our behalf. And not only died on the cross, but he took all of sin For all of humanity, we believe that Jesus defeated sin and death as proof by raising three days later. I believe the moment you believe that revelation, I believe that you have eternal life and that you are now right with God and that you are now pleasing to God and God is now pleased with you not because of what we have done or not because of anything we ever will do but simply because of what Jesus has done on our behalf. We are right now right with God. God is now pleased with us. We are now pleasing to God. Therefore, therefore we're positioned to have peace. We're positioned to receive supernatural peace. You see, most scholars agree that righteousness and peace are actually synonyms. They're practically the same. To have the supernatural peace of God is to be right with God, and to have a lack of peace with God is to have separation from God. But because of what Jesus has done, when we accept him, when we follow him, we have peace with God and we're pleasing to God. And the moment anxiety comes upon you, you find yourself crippled in fear, you can pray. You can pray. The moment you pray, I believe that you are reminded that you are pleasing to God even in the moments when darkness floods you and comes upon you and strikes you, even in the moments when you feel like you're not right with God because of your sin, because of your slip up, because of your error, even in those moments when you feel like you don't measure up, talk to God. Philippians says in those moments, just talk to God. Tell him what you need. Thank him for what he has done. And when we do that, we'll remember, oh, yeah, I don't need to believe these lies. I don't need to fall into this trap. I don't need to think less of myself. I am pleasing to God. I am in right standing with God. I have peace with God. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, everything. In everything, in everything, let your requests be made known to God. Would you bow your heads with me? Today, I want to end and close in two different ways. The first way is I want to give everybody an opportunity individually, those that feel that, man, I I just don't feel right with God, I don't feel pleasing to God. You know, I don't know if I've ever felt pleasing to God or, you know, it's been a long time since I felt that way and I'm overcome with anxiety and stress and and man, my life just seems like it's tough and man, it's the holiday season. These things just stress me out even more. I want to give everybody a chance here this morning individually on your own to call out to God and say, "God, I open up my heart to receive your righteousness. God, I want to be pleasing to you. And I believe all you have to do to do that is simply ask, is simply talk to God. Maybe you're somebody here that's never tried this whole prayer thing before. I believe this morning would be a great time for you to try. Because God is more desperate to talk with us and to engage with us than than we ever can. But this morning, I want to give 30 seconds on your own to say, God, I I want to be pleasing to you. I want to receive this eternal life. I want to receive this forgiveness of sins. I want to be made right with God. And I believe that all you have to do is say, Jesus, Jesus, I trust you, I thank you, I believe in you. I thank you that you took my sin. Would you forgive me? Would you make me right with you? Thank you, God, that you have saved me. Thank you, God, that you have healed me. Thank you that I am now pleasing to you. Individually, on your own, just call out to God. You don't need a pastor to lead you in a prayer because God can talk with you individually. You can talk to God. You can approach him boldly. You can enter his throne room. We thank you, God, that you have given us your salvation, that you are now pleased with us, not because of what we have done, but because of what your son Jesus has done. Thank you, Jesus. And secondly, I want to challenge anybody here this morning who's walking with the struggle of anxiety. This is a real thing. Some of us, we may not have experienced it or or gone through it as, as some of the other people have, but this is a real thing. This is an attack of the enemy. And I truly believe with all my heart, overcoming anxiety, all you have to do is talk with God. It sounds simple. It may sound silly. But I believe in the power of the presence of the person of Jesus. So I want to challenge anybody here today. You can stay at your seat or you can come up front. But what I would like to do is give everybody a chance this morning to just talk with God. Prayer doesn't have to be a formula. Prayer doesn't have to be repeat after me. Prayer is just simply engaging with the creator of the universe, the creator that is so madly in love with you, the creator that knows your thoughts. He knows, he knows your, your motives. He knows every single detail about your life. He knows these things because he loves you. And he wants you to live an anxiety-free life. He wants you to be overwhelmed with his presence, living with the peace of God. So I want to give everybody an opportunity at your seats or up front. If you're somebody walking with anxiety, I want to challenge you, take a moment and pray. Thank God for what he has done. Let him walk with you. Let him light your path. Let him show you the road. So when we talk to God, we get closer with God. When we get closer to God, the closer we get to peace. So let's take a moment and let's just talk to God. God, we thank you for your presence, for the person of Jesus. We thank you God, that you have given us the greatest gift, which is your Holy Spirit. But God, we thank you that you have given us the gift of prayer. God would you change our hearts in how we view prayer, in how we talk to you, how we walk with you. God, we thank you that you have given us this ability to engage with the Creator of all of the heavens of earth and earth. God, we thank you for this gift. And God, we pray for anybody walking in the midst of anxiety. God, we we pray that shame would be removed. We pray that fear would be removed. We pray that the enemy would bow at the name of Jesus. And God, we pray that your presence would be enough. We pray that we'd be a people that would seek your presence on a daily basis We thank you, God, that you have given us these promises. God, we thank you that we can be in relation with you and that we can be granted supernatural peace, the peace of God. God, we pray that you would lead us, that you would guide us, and that anxiety would have no place in our life. We thank you, God, and we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray, and everyone said amen. Amen. Thank you all for joining us this weekend. So great to have you here at MWC. If this is your first time, we want to extend a special welcome to you. We're so glad that you joined one of our services. We'd love for you to take a Connect card in the seat back pocket in front of you. And if you'll take one of those Connect cards, fill it out and meet us at our fireside chat room just out the doors to the left. We have a free gift back there waiting just for you. But thank you guys for joining us. We hope you all have a blessed week. Thank you. We'll see you next week. And that wraps up today's message, but we've got more on the way, so be sure to subscribe so you won't miss a future podcast. You belong here, so we encourage you to get connected. You can find us on social media or online at MWCWichita.com. That's MWCWichita.com. Thanks again for listening. I'll see you next week.